The Lord said, For any, if any of you are in Christ Jesus, you are a new what? Creation. A new, I'm new. Any one of those things. You are. Don't look at them and say you're old. Okay? I'm new. Now here's the thing. You are only new if you're in Christ Jesus. You are only new if you're in Christ. You are not new if you're not in Christ. You're still living with the old life, the old self. But if you are in Christ Jesus, say, well, what does that mean? That means I surrender to who God is. I surrender to what he's done. I surrender to what he says about me. I surrender myself to those things. I believe those things. I receive those things. And I want them to transform me and change the way I live. Amen? Now, I've been preaching this for about three months, but, I, you know, there are times when I realize, I realize that sometimes the same voice over and over again, a.k.a. Pastor Dave, starts to sound like a drone, because you've heard it over and over and over again. And one of the real ways, and please hear me when I say this, one of the real ways that you can tell that you still quite haven't, haven't gotten hold of what it is that God has done in you and for you is that you start to get used to what I'm saying or someone else that's preaching this and sharing this. You start to get used to it and you start to fall back into the stuff you were falling, what you were in before. You follow what I'm saying? And the Lord's saying, you don't need to be propped up by other people. You need to be encouraged, but hey, I'm raising you up. I'm lifting you up. How many know that God is the lifter of your head? I'm going to ask you again. How many here know that God is the lifter of your head? Not me. Oh, for crying out loud, the older I get, the weaker I get. I can only lift up so many heads after a while. Anybody else feel that way too? Come on. God is the lifter of your head. But what I really believe is that many people have gotten caught up in a cycle of they get excited. We call it mountaintop experiences. We get excited. We, get, we hear a word that excites us. And then before you know it, we're so on top of the world. We're out there writing books about it. We're so on top of the world. We're telling everybody about it. And the next thing you know, we drop on hill. Or for some, it's more subtle. You just start going downhill. And suddenly you're in the valley wondering how you got there, struggling, frustrated, first with yourself for not doing what you feel you should have done, then with others for not being who they say they would have been, and finally who? God. But the problem is this. Many times we are looking to the wrong things. When God said, I have given you everything. I want to look back at our past for a moment. Who here with your hand raised say, I have a past? <laughs> everybody. Who here, let's just do this. Who here, so everybody knows, I have a past. I have been broken. How many here uh, say, man, if it was up to me, I should have been on a psychotherapist couch for years on end. Okay? Who here says, I am so broken, there is no way. Now, come on, be honest. There is no way that God can really, really turn this thing around. Some have felt that way. 
Some say, oh, there's no way that God can use me. This stuff that God talked, that Dave talks about regarding every one of us being ministers of the gospel in Jesus Christ. How in the world can I do that? I'm such a broken mess. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. You do not have to turn there, but what I want you to do is hear what I'm about to say, because we're not going to spend a lot of moments on this one verse. But I'm going to call you out. Who's ready to be called out today? <laughs> Why are the same people raising their hands? The rest of y'all are like, get me out of here. <laughs> Who's ready to be called out today? Okay. I'm not, but you can be. No. Luke chapter 9, verse 62 says this, No one who puts their hand to the plow. Okay, let's stop there just for a second. No one, that means all of us, who puts their hand to the plow. What he was saying was, chooses to surrender and follow who? No one who puts their hand to the plow and looks looks back, is fit for service in the kingdom of heaven. Okay, let me just start over again. I, I, I think the object lesson of me doing things, actually, let me, let me grab somebody here. Kira, you're always fun to use. Come here real quick, please. Come on, Kira. Yes, that just, you know, I need you. And Brother Dwayne, can you just stand back there at the back of the aisle there? Yes, that just, you know, I need you to stand. There you go. There you are. We have Kira portraying every one of you all. And we have Dwayne portraying God Almighty. How do you like that, Dwayne? You failed terribly. <laughs> Kira, this is going to be very simple. Kira, God said, I know the plans I have for you. I know every step that you have. And I know where I want you to go. Just run it out with your eyes fixed on who? Oh, God, that's right, with Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. So this is what I'm going to dare you to do. I, I see you have a longer skirt. So there, you, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to portray Jesus as D Mr. Dwayne back there. I just want you to run straight to him. Go! Okay. So typical of Christians. Okay, you made it, didn't you? Pretty quick, didn't you? All right, come back here real quick, please. God says, hey, run out the race I've laid before you, but now we're going to look at reality for far too many of us. Kira, the Lord's laid out his plans for you. He has his, your life laid before him. There is the author and perfecter of your faith, getting your eyes on him. Put your, well, you got to, can you hold your dress? With one hand? There you go. Put your hand to the plow and look back here. Now, go. No, 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 no. Nope, 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 nope. Turn, no, 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 you're walking backwards. Come on. There you go. Okay, look back. Look at me. I'm dressed in black. That's perfect. There you go. Look at me. Look at me. No, nope, don't look at anybody else. Look at me. Looking at me. Looking at me. Oh, she's little by little. She might get there. And she's not proving my point very well, but she made it. Good. Now, what I'm getting at is this. Can you walk very straight and confidently looking back? Can you make it nine times out of ten? If he was a thousand yards away, could she have made it as easily? No. Thank you, guys. What I'm trying to get at is this. Your past is going to destroy your destiny if you keep looking back at it. Amen. 
Now, I didn't purposely skip the in-between part. Well, what do we do with our past? We'll get to that. But I'm telling you now, from start to finish, if you continue to look back at your past and how broken you are and how a mess you are and what a pile of you-know-what you are because of everything else that happened to you and you're so angry at people that you can't forgive them even though the Word says you need to because you put your hand in the plow and you say, and eventually you're, not, you're just not going to get where God has called you. Now, how many, how many totally get what I'm saying? Yeah. And how many get tired of doing, doing, my dad, my mom and dad left for vacation today, and, it, and he used a term yesterday that I'm like, what in the world is that? But they were going to go to the beach, but they changed their plans, and he said, we're going to take an Uncle Wiggly tour. <laughs> Anybody ever heard that term before? I hadn't either. I'm like, what the heck is that? Evidently, it's when you just go ahead and you get in your car and you just go here and here and here. You don't go in a straight line. You just kind of zigzag around, you go to, you know, Maryland down to North Carolina to get to Michigan, that kind of thing, I guess. I don't know. That's what he called it. But I'm going to tell you what. That's what life ends up being if we're constantly looking backward at what happened rather than what's already been told is going to happen. Amen? All right, I spent way too much time on this. Let's get moving here. Our past our brokenness. See, here's the thing, and I want to make this as clear as possible because I remember the day that I really thought I had been bullied my whole life. I hate the term bully. I was just picked on, teased, you know? Uh, oh, I was a fat kid. People just teased me awful, and by the time I hit about teenagehood or college years, you know, I was primed to be in the counseling department because I was like, oh, yes, I'm broken, and I'm this, and I'm that because I was picked on, and I had no anything, and da-da-da-da-da. And I'll never forget about a year and a half ago, and I'd really kind of laid it down, but about a year and a half ago, the Lord, it was something like he gave me for about 20 minutes, just this movie of my childhood, and I suddenly realized, wow, the teasing really wasn't all as bad as I thought it was. Really? And it was like I just saw this movie of reality, I'm like, wow, I really turned that into something now, I'm not trying to say that there's not brokenness in people's past. That is huge. But see, what Satan wants to do is make it huger. Make it look impossible. Who's with me? To make it look impossible. But here's the thing. We are new creations. What I did in my past and what happened to me in my past wasn't even me. I'm new. I'm going to say that again, and I need you to hear this. Past wasn't even me, really, because I'm in Christ now, and according to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the old has gone, the new has come. I just need to catch up with the new. And let go of the what? Now you say, well, where does counseling come in? Where does all this stuff come in? There is nothing wrong with being encouraged. But if you are trying to fix something that's already supposed to be not around anymore, the old self, you're already going down a wrong path. Because the Lord said, behold, I'm making something new out of you. So let me take, let me take what was broken in you and set it aside. I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to touch in a little bit on this just for a moment. But we are new creations. But here's what happens. And see if this doesn't happen to you guys. We have, <laughs> uh, 
Anybody had something that happened in their past and you kind of pushed it deep down, pushed it deep down, and you didn't think about it for the longest time. In fact, maybe if it did touch on your brain, you thought, ah, I dealt with it. It's no big deal. But then something happens to you, you encounter something that totally brings that past back up. You know, and you're totally living it all over again. You know, and you're like, oh man. And suddenly all those old feelings are coming back and all those, and, and before you know it, you're either battling and struggling within yourself or you're angry. And you know it, it's just, your, your life just feels like a mess. People feeling that way. Uh, here, here, here's the thing. And I have to tell you, there are a lot of people that say, hey, I'm in Jesus, but I'm still broken. No, you're not. You're in Jesus and you're new. He's just waiting for you to catch up. You say, well, what are you talking about? See, when we as believers focus on our brokenness, we never get the point that God says, I've made you new. I've made you whole. I am doing a new thing in you. I'm doing a new thing. No, no, no. It hurts so bad. He says, I know it hurts so bad. But I'm doing a new thing in you to tell you who you are and not what you thought you were. I'm doing a new thing in who you are, and I'm changing you. But here's what happens. We have these lying spirits. <laughs> I used to sit around and say, oh, there's stuff that God still has to deal with me inside, and I think there is times there's stuff, but I think we blame a lot on what's in the inside, forgetting that God has already cleansed us from the inside. In Jesus' name, the enemy shows up. The enemy shows up, a lying spirit, a lying demonic word, whatever, and speaks something to us and over us. And we can do one of two things. We can say, in Jesus' name, that is a lie. We have that resurgence of the feelings, the emotions, the anger, the bitterness, the unforgiveness. It suddenly rises up, and we connect it with the lie. And before you know it, we are falling right back into the pit we were before. We can do one of two things. But here's the crazy part. They're here. They're not inside. They're where? These lying spirits are where? They're right out here. You ready for this? It's the equivalent of a spiritual mosquito. It is the equivalent of a spiritual mosquito. What are mosquitoes out to do? Use you, and they don't care what happens to you. My yard is a swamp right now, and it's a five-star mosquito hotel. <laughs> the last three days of this week, I could not stand out with my children at the bus stop. I made them stand on the deck, because if I went down there, I would come back in one big, massive mosquito bite. It was not pretty, and it didn't feel pretty. But see, here's the thing. How many know you can kill a mosquito? How many find pleasure in hunting down that mosquito? Oh, I love it. We're out there. We totally not even listen to anybody. Slap somebody because the mosquito was on them. You totally forgot it was on a person because you got ready to take out the mosquito, right? Then you back off. You're like, ah, it was for your own good, you know? Hey, there is a degree with which the demonic liars that set out to remind you of your past and connect you to the pit that you were once in and try to pull you back down from the progress that God has 
bringing you in. They are no different than spiritual mosquitoes, except you don't slap with your hands. You declare in the name of Jesus, you're a liar. Turn with me very quickly. Man, I don't want to get super long here today. Romans 13. I'm going to be very sensitive towards our time today. Romans 13. I woke up this morning, or I was in studying today, and smelled the smells of my daughters cooking chili. Their best chili, Lane. I'm looking forward to some chili this evening at 6. That's going to be a good time. Romans 13, <clears throat> 11 through 14. My voice is starting to go today for some reason. So just bear with me. 11 through 14. I'm just going to read this really quick, okay? Starting at verse 11. Do this, understanding the present time. When is the present time? Right now. Understanding right now, the hour has already come for you to what? Oh, let's try it again. What? Wake up, people. Wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness. Well, what are those deeds? They're not everything that you do in sin, although many in the church are still caught up in sin because of the stuff I'm talking about. But also your beliefs of the lies of your past and your present. It says, look, the dark, the, let's put aside those deeds of darkness and put on the what? Armor of light. Let us, what? Behave decently as in the daytime. Let's live like we're in the day. Not in carousing and drunkenness. Not in sexual immorality and debauchery. Not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves. Oh, I like that. Clothe yourselves with who? The Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh you know what? One of the biggest things we do to gratify the desires of the flesh? Believe the lies about what Satan says about us. Most addictions and most things that we do to escape life that is sin is because we, it started a lie we believed. See, here's the deal. Jim Bunyard, trying to remind you of what a failure you were. Right? Trying to remind you of what all the stuff you did in your past and what a broken mess and how could you possibly be and what is usually your response to push harder forward and that's sometimes getting you in trouble too right we all do that as well or the other opposite we run the other way so I just happen to know Jim Jim's a pusher I'm a <laughs> I, I go the other direction neither of those are right either here's what happens he's constantly reminding you doing his best to keep tormenting you until you fall into apathy and unbelief. To the point where you feel like, okay, good, that's over. Good, that's over. He can leave me alone now, but now I'm just going to kind of get off in a corner by myself. and I, I just don't want to hear from anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I, 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 this ministry thing, I just need to step back. I just need to step back. God, you know, I just, I, I just, I got to heal. Anybody ever said that? I got to heal. I got to heal. My problem is this. Satan is not, Satan is not interested in completely destroying you like that. He wants to bring you to a ball weak like a zombie. 
a Christian zombie. Not really doing anybody else any good, including yourself. Is that what Jesus died for, folks? Is that what Jesus died for? No. Romans 13 says, wake up. Wake up. The lying spirit tries to keep us focused on the past and get us to believe <laughs> that that's still us. But here's the thing, and I've heard Jim say it. That past person, that's not even me anymore. I knew. So I don't have to sit around going, oh, look what I was or look what I am because of back here and how I keep failing. That's not you. Who are you? Who Christ has called you. We are who Christ says we are. Let's land here in Ephesians chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 5. I'm sorry, chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And we're just going to take a few moments and try to, 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 to bring some understanding to the, 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 the foundational thing that I'm just kind of throwing at us today. Ephesians chapter 6. As soon as you're there, let me hear you say amen. Ephesians 6. I'm just going to start at verse 10. We're going to move through to verse 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I have heard time and time again people questions God, question God's power moving in the way they want or in the timing they want. It has nothing to do with his power whether or not he can do it. It's the fact that we have, been, we have a certain way we think God should do it. Anybody still guilty of that? Come on, anybody still guilty of that? God's power is still God's power. It still moves in might and in awesomeness. Okay? Verse 11 says, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's what? Okay, another word for that is tricks. Another word for that is wiles. It all basically means the enemy is doing his best to mess with you. But how many of us have sought around and I've heard you say, Oh, the devil, he's just, he's got so much that he's trying to do to me. He's got me in his hand, and he's just twisting me around, and he's tearing me apart. Anybody ever, come on, it's come out of your mouth at some point in time, right? Satan's really working on me. I'm like, no, he's not. God's working on you. Satan's just trying to do a little magic show with you and trick you and deceive you. God's doing the transforming. The moment we say Satan's really working on me, guess what? We have just given him the power to keep doing what? In front of you so he can walk right on in. Who's hearing me? What does he try to do? What do these schemes look like? I'll just throw out four here. They all start with D, just because it makes me sound like a cool pastor, like I really pulled this together this way. Number one. One of his strategies is delay. Yes, the enemy can try to stand in the way, only to delay an answer. We saw that happen in the book of Daniel. Samuel, I'm sorry, Daniel was praying, and he sought an answer from the Lord, and the Lord sent his messenger angels, and the de demonic angels fought with the messenger angels for a period of time before, of course, the angelic hosts destroyed or wiped out the demonic forces and then brought the answer. But guess what? There was a period of time before that happened, before he got his answer. It was a delay. And sometimes the enemy tries to bring about a delay in our lives. 
See, not every time do I believe personally, yes, God has perfect timing, but there are times, too, that the enemy tries to set up a delay. And it could be simply by a focus. If he can keep you focused on here, you totally miss what happened over here. You follow me? So you totally miss it. And how many people then have experienced a delay and then who gets the blame? Focus. But we blame God for not meeting our need. When, I, when we really should sit around and go, thank God I'm not going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> let's start there again. You saved me from hell. Now let's go backwards. He tries to delay. Number two, how many know he tries to deceive you? And to think you are into thinking you are something that you are not, or making you think you are something that uh, that you aren't something that you are. I'm going to tell you what the enemy is a great deceiver. He tries to derail God's purposes by making spiritual principles into legalism. If I just read my Bible enough, I'll be good. If I just pray enough, I'll be good. If I make it to church once a month, I'll be good. Well, I'll be good. Look. All he wants to do is remove you a little bit from the truth. Number three, he tries to distract you. He wants to break your focus. He wants to get you to look at something else, to make you concentrate on something completely different than what God is doing. See, God, Satan is not out there doing the whole red cape, red horns and everything else. No, that's kind of stupid. That's what he is. That's what he is. Completely a demonic, he, he looks like a demon, sure. But you know what? He's also known as an angel of light. How many know that? And he's trying to make something look good that isn't or make something look bad that isn't bad. And he does. It promotes everything that's evil. And squashes everything that's righteous. Man, that's like America. That's like the world right now we live in. I'm in just disbelief the things that they're saying is okay and the things that they're saying isn't okay. I'm like, are we really, am I upside down here? And lastly, and this is a big one, this is is one of Satan's favorite tools, disappointment. If he can get your eyes on something somebody else did, or if he can get your eyes on something that you think should have been done and didn't happen, get you disappointed, that's all he wants to do. Then he gets up in your ear. Anybody ever had the enemy in your ear? Building a case about that person? Just building that case, and it gets bigger, and it gets bigger, and before you know it, that person is going to be a serial killer coming after you. As long as he can do that and keep you off focus. Sometimes he tells us we're not saved, Sometimes he, uh, he says, hey, God doesn't want you. You've sinned too bad. He says to some of you, well, you're not fit to worship God. Well, over the years have I heard say, you know, I'll come to church when I get right. What? Well, don't show up at church. There's a bunch of people there that aren't right either. Amen. But are getting made right. Because we're new, being made new. And he also encourages us to be angry with God, ourselves, and others. How many know that everything the devil does is to get us to be mad at God? I mean, really, he just can't stand the Lord that much. If he can get us to get our eyes off the Father and blame him for stuff, even to the point in saying you don't believe in him, man, that's how the enemy works. 
But what do we do? Well, verse 12 says this. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. No, it's not. I'm not fighting against Jordan. Jordan's not fighting against me. But it's even deeper. Our fight doesn't even necessarily have to exist within ourselves. It's coming from out here. Lying spirits from out here just trying to get your attention, trying to get you off track, trying to mess with you. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Where's Jace at? Sorry. Jace. I love willing candidates. This is one of the most confident young men I've ever met. Jace, can you do acrobat work? Can you do a magic trick for us? Can you? He'd, he'd say, yeah, sure, why not? I'm going to set you right here. And your dad's going to start working on you. Therefore, She's good, she's good. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Now I have to tell you, I know you're watching him, but please turn your ears just for a moment. This says, put on this armor of God for when the day of evil comes. How many have already experienced a day of evil? It's already here. How many have had many days of evil in your life? And see, what the Lord is saying here is, hey, this isn't about you as a weak, completely unprotected person who is just slapped around like one of those crazy, remember those clown bouncing boxing things when you're in the 70s? That was awesome, man. You punch that thing and it would bounce back, and if you turned your head, it would pop you too. It was awesome. We are to be uh, we are to be armored and prepared for the day of evil and take, so we can take a stand. It says, after you've done everything, we've got to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted in the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Guys, you are not unprotected in this world. So the enemy wants to tell you how broken you are. He wants to tell you how broken you are. You know what we need to tell him? Well, you know what? That's what you say, but God has promised me. God has promised me, and I am going to stand firm on it as long as it takes. I may feel broken today, but by faith, I am whole. I may feel like a mess that can't get anything right, but by faith, I am a minister of the gospel and a child of God. Amen? See, that's what the Word... He's working. This can only be found when you get in His Word. How many know that what God has to say can only be found when you listen and you spend time with him? See, it's not about just, oh, we got to. No, this is what you've got to have in order to stand firm in the day of evil. He's ready to go. 
Oh, man. Uh, don't lose your sword now, buddy. Pick the sword up. Number three, we got to focus. <laughs> now he's losing the helmet. You know what? This is like the Christian. This is like a Christian. I'm not lying. You know it. We're all like, oh, I can't do anything. Drop the sword. Drop the helmet. I can't do anything. Now he's going to show off for a minute, and I'll let him show off for a minute. That's all right. God wants us to focus ourselves on the Lord. You know, part of it, <laughs> part of it is this. I probably should have thought through this, Timmy. <laughs> part of it is, now he's undressing in front of me here. This is great. Don't take off yet. Don't take off yet. I need you right here, okay? The Lord says, the Lord says, <laughs> I want you to keep your focus on me, right? Who you got to be focused on? I, uh, guys, and it is interesting, and I know we laugh, but this is what the believer does far too often. Here it sits. Yeah. Salvation. Yeah. The Word. Yeah. Truth. Yeah. Righteousness. Faith. Here it is. And what do we do? Oh, I can't. Satan's just doing me in. Now I'm angry at people. I'm angry. I'm not going to church. I'm not reading my Bible. I just don't understand. And all the while, my hand's kind of on the plow, and I'm looking what? This is what we do. But he says, focus yourself on the Lord and his commands instead of being distracted. And you know what? When the enemy says, look, look, look at what Mitch Moore did to you. Look what he did to you. He disappointed you so deeply. I'm going to tell you what. I don't mind being honest. I'm going through a spell right now. I've got, I've got some folks in my, in my life that the enemy is trying to keep me disappointed on in. And it's messing with me. But guess what? I keep coming back, and I am daily. Thank the Lord, I am daily. But God, the victories that you are doing, and that you've done in my life, and that you're doing in their lives. Bless them, Father. Bless them, Father. Bless them, Father. Bless them, Lord. You are doing an awesome work in them. It's gone. Then the enemy's over here again. Oh, remember what they did? Oh, I can do. What can I do with it? Oh, yeah. That's right. Man, that really ticked me off. Or, bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Thank you for the victories in Jesus' name. Does anybody know there's nothing like thanksgiving to break disappointment and depression and downheartedness? Now, here's the thing, and I want you guys to get this. I'm not so interested in it being a helmet, a sword, a shield, a breastplate. I'm not so interested in that. What I'm interested in is, everybody say it, truth, truth. salvation, salvation. Righteousness. righteousness, faith, faith. and being ready in the gospel of peace. In other words, ready to walk it out yeah. in peace. See, that's what's important. Now, here's the crazy part. How many of you think, I'm going to dispel something some of you guys might have a problem with, that's okay. How many think that every morning you've got to go through some mental or spiritual ritual of putting on the armor of God? How many have ever thought that? Come on, come on. Let me ask you a question. Uh, I won't pick on you, Dave. Kendall, can you come here real quick, please? You're just handy. You're right there, and you're my daughter, and I can ask you to do it, and you got to do it because I'm your father, so it just works that way. <laughs> now, let's imagine Kendall. 
that stuff on. But what if I do this? Does this change anything with all that armor on? This is something I want you guys to catch. I'm simply putting this on to say this. This, too, is the armor of God. Because do you know what she just put on? Christ. Christ is your armor of God. Oh, come on now. Jesus is your armor. He's your protector. He is your helmet. He is your shield. He is your breastplate. He is the belt of truth. Didn't he say, I am the truth? Isn't he the righteousness of God? Isn't he faith? Come on. Isn't he your salvation? Isn't he your peace? See, we sit around, oh, I got to put it on. I got to put it on. I got to put it on. No. If we are in Christ, we have been clothed in Christ. And the goal here is, what's a transformed life look like? I am starting to look like who? And the more I look like Jesus, the more powerful this armor is. And the enemy cannot touch me. He can scream your past until he's blue in the face. But you simply, you say, oh, simply, yeah, I've tried this before. No, it requires you by faith to know who you are clothed in. I am clothed in Jesus. So by faith, I declare that I am not that person that you say I was back then. I have been made new in Jesus, and I am being changed in Jesus' name. And I'm looking more like Jesus every day. I hear people make much about being an introvert and an extrovert. You know what? I'm tired of us trying to pigeonhole who we are. I'm going to tell you what right now, Janice Keith, and I'm picking on you because you're a quiet soul, so I won't look at you anymore because she's already like, no! But Janice Keith, Janice Keith, if God wants to transform her into a messenger of the gospel that preaches to the masses, he will do it. Right, Janice? Doesn't matter if she's a quieter type. That's not the issue. Who here's got a mouth? I was waiting for husbands to go. Oh. I'm just looking at somebody who are used to saying, oh, they're leaders. They're ones that can speak out loud. I can get up in front of people. Maybe the Lord's got something a little bit different. And he can do it in them. It's not up to us to determine what he's got in store. It's up to us to say, I am what he has called me to be. He hit the reset button, and I will not be determined by my past anymore simply because a lying lying demon keeps saying that I am that. All I'm saying to you, yes, it does not hurt to sit down and talk with folks. I think it's important. It encourages. It supports. We've got to. But I will say this, and I am speaking to myself the loudest. So this is why it's coming from my heart. I'm speaking to myself the loudest. I cannot expect myself to walk everything God's called me out to if my, I keep looking back at what I think I'm not. And what I think uh, I'm still dictated by. I am not dictated by my past. Because Jesus is my present. And Jesus is my future. The whole armor is who you are becoming in Christ. Do you hear that? The more we look like him, the more powerfully we stand against the enemy. Who wants to be transformed like that? Lord, 
I pray right now in Jesus' name that, Father, we really come to a point where we surrender to what it is that you have done in us. That, Lord, we embrace who you say you are. And that we fully embrace who you say we are. For those here today, and I'm just speaking over every person in this place, those of you who had a, have, a, have some deep hurt and brokenness in your past, I'm just going to tell you right now, in Christ, God is making you new. He is making you new. In fact, he has continued to knock on the door, not just to come in and eat with you, but to come in and tell you who he is, to come in and tell you what he's done, and to come in and tell, tell you who he says you are. That you are healed. You are whole. You are a new creation in Christ. And he loves you. As Brother Ken said, in spite of you, he loves you. And he's not even viewing you as what the enemy keeps telling you you are. Every person that's ever wounded you, I just challenge you right now, every person that's ever wounded you deeply, that you know you're still holding on, just sitting here today, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for those people. And I thank you, Lord, for blessing them. And I thank you, Lord, for pouring out over them. And I thank you, Lord, for embracing them the same way you embrace me. Thank you, Jesus. I do not need to be dictated by what was done to me. I do not be, need to be dictated by what I did. I do not. God, I am your I choose to put you on today. I choose to declare truth over lies. I choose to declare I am saved in the face of the enemy telling me I'm not. I declare today that I am the righteousness of God even when I feel so uh, and the enemy tells me otherwise. I choose to walk in peace today even when the enemy wants to disrupt my life. And by faith and not by feelings, I will do this in Jesus' name. Oh God, I'm praying continued work because you're working on all of us. We haven't hit perfection yet. But God, you're working. And you be, what you've begun, you're going to bring to completion. And all that is far better than anything Satan tries to tell us. So God, we give you the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. Because you deserve it all. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. This is the last thing I'm going to have you do. If anybody is sitting here today that says, you know what, it's an impossibility, I want you to repent of that right now and just say, Lord, I don't see how it's going to happen, but nothing's impossible with you. Come on, just declare that out of your mouth. Get freed from that garbage. Say, I don't know how it's going to happen, but nothing is impossible with you. And if you agree with that, let me hear you say amen. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Now, Lord, you've called us as ministers of the gospel. And I am believing for the day when every person within these four walls sees who you've called them to be. And we see lives transformed all around us. In Jesus' name. Being used to transform 
our lost and dying world. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Mm. And all God's people said, let's just stand for a moment. And this is just our closing. All I want you to do is just thank the Lord for who he is. Just stand right there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for the victories in my life. And thank you, Lord God, for the victories that you're continuing to do in the lives of those around me. In Jesus' name, amen.